The scripture reading this morning will be from Luke, the 13th chapter, verses 22 through 30. I'll be reading from the New American Standard Version. <clears throat> and he was passing through from one city and village to another, teaching and proceeding on his way to Jerusalem. And someone said, said to him, Lord, are there just a few who are being saved? And he said to them, Strive to enter through the narrow door, for many, I tell you, will seek and enter and, and will not be able. Once the head of the house gets up and shuts the, the door, and you begin to stand outside and knock on the door, saying, Lord, open up to us. And he will answer and say to you, I do not know where you are from. Then you will begin to say, we ate and drank uh, in your presence and you taught in our streets. And he will say, I tell you, I do not know where you are from. Depart from me, all ye evildoers. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. When you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you, but yourselves being thrown out. And they will come from east and west and from north and south and will recline at the table in the kingdom of God. And behold, some, some are last who will be first and some are first who will be last. And I can identify with the last part of that third stanza this morning. My feelings make it so unclear to open my ears to what you hear. <clears throat> I have selected the topic, One Thing You Lack, and I had to select some uh, verse to go along with that. The problem being I had selected the wrong verse, even though the account of one thing you lack is found in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the passage that was chosen to be read this morning was not the one that was the one that would go along with the lesson that I want to present. It has some tremendous thoughts in it that would tie in with what I want to talk to you this morning about as well. As I was going over the lesson, I had noticed that I had selected the wrong verse. So I looked up the correct verse that I wanted. And then when I wrote down the verse that I wanted to have read, I wrote down the same verse that I had selected the first time. told James that I had changed it and whoever was reading the scripture needed to have the correct reading. When Jerry got the reading, he comes up, he said, it's the same thing that was in the bulletin. I said, well, then it must be the right verse. Well, it's not the right verse. Uh, it's still not the right verse. Uh, <clears throat> one I do have written down is not the one I'm going to use out of Luke, but it's out of the Gospel of Mark, and it's in chapter 10, and it's at verse 17. Through 27. The Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, 
verse 17 to 27. Now as he was going out on the road, one came running, knelt down before him, and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, and that is God. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. And he answered and said to him, Teacher, all these things I've kept from my youth up. Then then Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, One thing you lack. Go your way, sell whatever you have, and give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And take up the cross and follow me. But he was sad at this word and went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it is for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. And his disciples were astonished at his words. But Jesus answered again and said to them, Children, how hard it is for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. They were greatly astonished and said among themselves, Who then can be saved? And Jesus looked at them and said, With men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. In the context as Jesus is teaching, he's teaching to those who had the word of God. He's teaching to those who had heard the word of God throughout their life, read to them every Sabbath day in the temple and in the synagogues. They had been taught scriptures from an early childhood. They rose up when they sat down, when they ate, when they walked around. They were always being taught Scripture. And for those who had that knowledge of the Old Testament, had that clear understanding or a knowledge of what is commonly called the Ten Commandments, And there were those who strove to the best of their ability to keep those Ten Commandments and oftentimes to pride themselves in keeping those Ten Commandments as did the one who had come to Jesus. But oftentimes they had forgotten the first and the foremost of the commandments. 
to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your being. Upon this hang the law and the prophets, and the second is like unto it, to love your neighbor as yourself. They had forgotten oftentimes those who prided themselves in keeping the strictness of the commandments to have, forget, to have forgotten the first that was not listed as one of the Ten Commandments. And that is of, again, loving God with the whole essence. The Ten Commandments were given to test one's heart's condition. Would they keep the commandments of God or not? But they got so caught up in what they could do. I have kept all of these commandments from my youth. But what do I lack? It's a good question. As he came, we can, out of the three Gospels, we can find out that he was a rich and he was young and that he was a ruler. But the fact is, he had come to the right person to ask his question. There's something in him that was indication that something was not right. And he, as that human being, could not quite put his finger on what wasn't right. But he came to the right person. He came to Jesus, who would be able to tell him the way to eternal life. And oftentimes, as you read down through this account in Mark chapter 10, verses 7 through 27, as you read down through that account, there is that reminder, <coughs> excuse me, of an individual who had, a, <clears throat> who had a knowledge of God, an individual who was trying to do what was right, an individual, <clears throat> an individual that felt that what he was doing was right, but, but yet felt that something was lacking. And there are many that would fit into that category today. They believe that there is a God. They believe, <clears throat> they believe that God's word is true, that it is the record that God wants man to have of what would be required in their life. Man who wants to be right with God has that tendency to believe that what he's doing, because he wants to be right, he's keeping God's will and doing those things that would be pleasing in God's sight. But oftentimes there's still something that is nagging 
Uh, something is lacking. I'm not quite what sure. I'm not quite sure what that is. So the question is asked. Sometimes it's asked to the right person, but sometimes it's not. And a variety of answers can be given. Always been amazing to me. Thank you. It's always been amazing to me to hear the answers from individuals who claim a knowledge of Jesus, a knowledge of his word, that they would give to what they feel is lacking and what that solution may be. And oftentimes it's just boiled down to, do not worry about it, you're okay. Does not matter what you believe, as long as you believe that God is and that Jesus is His Son, that's all that really matters. You're okay. Don't worry about it. But if a person is asking, Is something lacking in my life? To whom shall you go? This rich young man turned to the right person. Not only did he turn to the right person, he asked the right question. What good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? What do I need to do? I'm keeping the commandments as he had viewed them. The other commandments that Jesus did not mention are not, are not listed anyway. But he felt that he was keeping the commandments. But the man at least had an indication that there is more than just the external response to God. And that's what he's been doing. It's given that external response. It says this, I'm not doing that. It says this, I'm not doing that. He can go down and he can read and he's checking off. I'm not guilty of this. I'm not guilty of that. I'm looking at what I'm reading. But I'm reading only a selected portion of the Word of God. And many fall in that category today. Reading that small portion. I've read this and I've done that. But oftentimes they really have not read the verse or that chapter or even that book in context with all that God has said. Do all that he has said, not just the partial. Read what it has to say and then realize it has to harmonize. All of the scriptures have to harmonize with each other. And so when I read one verse and it, there's another verse that seems to contradict it, then I have to reread and restudy and ask. But he's asking the right question. 
What do I still lack? What do I need to do? What am I lacking in my life? There's an honesty there that needs to be a characteristic of God's people. Where am I in relationship to what God is wanting me to do? To what degree am I keeping and is there a degree to keep what he has said? And can I prioritize what is being asked? It's always easy when you've got that checklist. It's always easy when you can put them in a priority, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and one's important and ten's not quite as important. But as long as I'm going down through that, as long as I can keep that first one in mind, then I'm okay. But this young man realized something wasn't right. I'm lacking something here. And he certainly received the right answer because it came from Jesus. If you want to enter enter into life, then you keep those commandments. He said, do this, 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 and this. But it's fitting for one who was living under the old covenant. Keep those commandments. But then if you want to be perfect, if you want to be complete, there's an additional quality there. Go and sell what you have. Give it to the poor. And come and follow me. It's fitting for the one who would become a disciple and to follow Jesus. Come and follow me. Sell what you have. It's, and as we will see what, that, what the response would be, but it, it's that which is the material aspects of this world. What do you have that you have set just above the doing of God's will? What is there in life that you allow to be the exception to faithfully serving God with that full heart? I've heard the statement and there's a lot of truth to it. Your God is determined by your exceptions. You think about that. I'm doing this, I'm faithful to God, except in this particular situation. Who is the God that controls your life? And that which we make the exception to is only the things of this earth. Is that 
the one that we choose to give our allegiance to? This rich young ruler came to the right person, asked the right question, received the right answer, but in the end, he made the wrong decision. I'm asking, but I'm not happy with the answer that I received. I'm asking God, what do you want from me? And God says, I want your heart, I want your soul, and I want your mind. I want you in your totality to come follow me. And do we give the answer that the rich young ruler gave? I can't go that far. Jesus compliments that young man up to this, before this point. He had great respect for him. But that last answer, go sell and come follow me. And in that answering or considering that answer, always need to place yourself or to consider Jesus. What was he willing to do for you? To what length, what personal sacrifice, what commitment was Jesus willing to do for you? And you're simply being asked to trust him. Sell what you have, give to the poor, come follow me. I'll be with you always. You may have the physical wants and needs at times, but you will always be supplied. The rich young ruler could not do that. And he went away sorrowful. Unless we can leave all, we will not be able to enter into that kingdom. Unless we can honestly count all things for loss, heaven cannot be home. Because all things, again, outside your soul, it's only temporary. The body, it's only temporary. Anything you possess is only temporary. And if you would choose the temporary over the eternal, heaven cannot be home. It's been given for our consideration, recorded in the scriptures, again in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Each one will talk about the fact that he was a young man, he was a rich man, and he was a ruler or leader. 
Evidently, as it's indicated, he had wealth. That indicated he was religious and wanting to keep the commandments of Jesus or of Moses. But he wasn't quite ready to separate himself from this life. But the question would be, what about you? What about you? Have you asked the right questions? Received the right answer? But are you going to draw the wrong conclusion? As we sing the song, let him have his way with thee. You ask yourself, am I honestly letting that be the case? Honestly, is that my heart's desire to let Jesus have his way with us in our life so that we may do the things that would be pleasing in his sight? The opportunity is given to be able to respond to the Lord's invitation to become a child of God or to renew that life in Christ Jesus again. But as you look at your life, if you have a need, if we could assist you, we could help you in that decision, we would bid you to come as together we stand and sing.